Do you want me to start speaking? Yeah. Is that good? Yes. Yeah? I envy those of the first century who didn't need any technology to speak. From what I understand, Jesus spoke to 5,000 or more. And he didn't need that mic. <laughs> and he wasn't recorded. But anyway, technology is here. Okay. Before I begin, I just want to ask a few questions. Just to get us thinking. Because that's the topic today. I'm going to speak about thinking. So my question. When you awoke this morning, what was your first thought? What did you think of first? You don't have to call out. Just reflect. On your way to church this morning, what were you thinking? I hope I work at a parking space. Okay, interesting. As you settled down into church this morning, what were you thinking? You see, thinking is very important. What we think and how we think has a profound effect on how we live. It's not an academic exercise. My sermon isn't theoretical. It's very practical. Because how you think affects how you live. So that's what we want to have a look at today. How we think, what we think, and what should we think. First of all, as you're thinking, let's go to Proverbs 23.7. Just going to read, it's just a small scripture, part of a scripture. This will be my theme, recurring thought. I'm reading from the King James Version, because it fits what I want to say. <laughs> This is what it says in the King James Version, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Could be he or she. It's referring to a particular person in a particular circumstance. But as you know, Proverbs has a universal application. It can apply to us all. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. So that also applies to us. As we think, so are we. As he thinks, so is he. In other words, he's a product of his thinking. He's the sum total of all his thoughts. He is defined by his thoughts. His thoughts represent 
who he is. The same applies to us. We are a product of our thinking. We are the sum total of all of our thoughts. Everything we've thought of up to this point is a reflection of who we are. We are defined by our thoughts. And our thoughts represent who we are. Are there any students of philosophy in the house? I think Karina, you like philosophy, don't you? So I understand. Well, she's not too sure about it. Any students of philosophy in the house? Some philosophy. Some philosophy. Anyone heard of René Descartes? Yes. Okay, French philosopher. He said, I think, therefore I am. In other words, my thinking is evidence of my existing. So if you don't think, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But your thinking is evidence that you exist. It's inevitable that if you exist that you must think. Thinking is as common to us as breathing. You can't live without breathing and you can't be without thinking. It's inevitable. I think, therefore I am. Isaiah 55, 7 and 9. This is what the prophet Isaiah says. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Obviously man refers to men and women, people. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This tells us at least two things. Well, three things, perhaps I should say. First of all, God says, let the evil man, evil person, forsake their way and their thoughts. Quite often evil is a product of my thinking. God says, forsake evil thoughts and evil ways. Then he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. As high as the heaven is from the earth. There's a great distance between God's thinking and our thinking. They don't really relate to each other. They're so far apart. God says, as high as the heavens are from the earth. So high are his thoughts than our thoughts and his ways than our ways. It's a very familiar passage, but have you ever thought, why does God relate thoughts to ways? Have you ever thought about that? What is he saying, my thoughts and my ways? 
Have you ever thought about that? I've thought about it as I was reading and I was studying. And this is the conclusion I came to. My ways are a product of my thoughts. I go the way that I think. According to what I think, so I do. According to what I think, so I say. I go according to what I think. So God relates his ways according to his thoughts. It's an interesting concept that God thinks. As I was preparing, I thought, that's interesting. Why does God have to think? God knows everything. He sees everything. He understands everything. Yet the scripture says that God thinks. Interesting. Perhaps that's for another day to go into that. How is it and why is it that God thinks? Since he knows anything, he knows the end from the beginning. Why does God have to think? I don't know. We'll maybe go into that another time. But God thinks. God is a God who thinks. He has thoughts. He has plans. He has purposes. And his thoughts are always toward us. His plans are always good. God is not thoughtless. God is not unthinking. He's a thoughtful God. He's a thinking God. And since we are made in his image, so are we. We are thinking beings. And today, God wants to change the way we think. Because as he changes the way we think, he will change who we are and what we do. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. God wants to change our thinking. Not to conform to the thinking of this world, but to conform to his pattern, to his way of thinking. God wants to transform us by transforming our thinking. And as he transforms our thinking, so we will be transformed. We need to think in the way that God thinks. Transformed thinking leads to transformed living. Our mind, that is our thinking, needs to be renewed by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. So that our thoughts will become his thoughts. Paul says that we ought to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Every thought that you have must be taken captive. You must take hold of it and it must compare, agree with the word of God, with Christ. It must be in harmony. Every thought that you think must be in harmony with the word of God. And if it's not... It must be rejected. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Everything I think must be in harmony with what God thinks. Must be in harmony with the word of God. And if it's not so, it must be rejected. Then our thoughts become his thoughts.
1 Corinthians 2.16. It's good to think about these things, isn't it? It's good to think about what you're thinking about. Because it's very important what you're thinking about. It affects your whole life. What you do and who you are. 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? That is the Lord. Who is so perceptive that they know what God is thinking? And who is so wise that they can instruct God? I don't know anyone like that. We're not. We're not that perceptive that we can tell what God is thinking. Unless he tells us. We're not so wise that we can instruct God. He's far more wiser than we are. But at the end of that passage it says, But we have the mind of Christ. That's interesting, isn't it? We have the mind of Christ. God changes our mind, renews our mind, so that we can have the mind of Christ. We can think as Christ thinks. We are capable of thinking in the same way that Christ thinks. How do we do that? How is that possible? 1 Corinthians 2.11 helps us. This is what it says. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God informs our thinking and transforms our living. As we read the Word of God, as we allow time to reflect on the Word of God, as we allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us, so He changes our thinking. And as He changes our thinking, so he changes our living. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. God wants to change the way we think today. Because if we can change the way we think, our lives will be transformed. For as he thinks in his heart, her heart, so is he. Through the process of thinking, that is thinking as God thinks, we're able to apprehend, to take hold of what is real, what is true. Everything doesn't, isn't always what it appears to be. Things that present themselves to us aren't always what they seem. Sometimes we have to think, consider, before we come to a conclusion. Yeah? yeah? And through that process of thinking, of allowing God's thoughts to be our thoughts, we're able to understand the world that we live in. Not the world, necessarily, but the world that we inhabit. Who I am, who I relate to, where I go, what I do. Our thinking reflects our appreciation of our world. I gain wisdom and understanding by meditating. We said that last week, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Meditating, thinking, and considering the Word of God. Let me say that again. I gain wisdom and understanding by meditating, thinking, and considering the Word of God. 
How much time do you give to considering, meditating and thinking about the Word of God? That's something to reflect on. Why do we have to reflect, consider, meditate on the Word of God? The Word of God shows us the significance and meaning of our lives. And it's significant to our lives. Not only to our lives, but to the lives of others. As I read the Word of God, as I consider it, and I reflect upon it, I understand what is meaningful in life. What is the true purpose of life? What is God's purpose for my life? Not only for my life, but for the lives of others. As I consider, reflect, I gain wisdom and understanding not only for myself, but also for others. The Word of God needs to be the primary source and motivation for our thinking. So, what informs your thinking? What motivates your thinking? Where do you get the input for your thinking from? There are many different sources, many different opinions. Books, magazines, internet, radio, television, blogs. All sorts of input we have into our minds, into our lives. But we need to make sure that the Word of God is the primary source of information and input into our minds, into our lives. Is that not true? How many people have a laptop or other device that accesses the internet? I guess most of us would have that. How many people have a security device for that? To stop malware? Yeah? We all have security for our laptops and devices, don't we? So that they don't become corrupted. But how many of us have a device to stop malware and viruses into our mind? Have you ever thought of that? Our minds need to be kept secure from worms, viruses, malware, that can corrupt our minds. Have you got such a device? Has anyone got such a device? Let me recommend one. It's called the Word of God. Every day, download a portion of Scripture, and that will be as your security to stop your mind being corrupted by viruses and malware. Take a portion every day. I can recommend it. And it doesn't cost you a thing. You don't have to subscribe to it. (laughs) It's there on your shelf. Amen. 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 This will stop your mind being corrupted. And enable you to think God's thoughts. And as you think God's thoughts, it will transform your life. Who you are. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man, woman... Who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his, her delight, 
is in the law of the Lord. That is in the word of God. And on his law, on his word, he, she meditates day and night. That is continuously and consistently. Two parts to that. It tells us regarding the person who is blessed, what they don't do and what they should do. First of all, what they don't do. They don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. They don't stand in the way of sinners. Neither do they sit in the seat of mockers. That's what they don't do. But God is always positive. Not does he tell us what we shouldn't do. He tells us what to do. So if you want to be blessed, this is what you need to do. Delight in the law of the Lord. In the word of God. And on that law, on that word, meditate day and night. That is continuously and consistently. Then you will be blessed. God communicates to us through our thoughts, through his word. That's why we need renewed minds. Minds to think God's thoughts. Minds transformed by the word of God through the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit. We will then have a new and transformed way of thinking which would lead us to a new and transformed way of living. Do you want to change the way you live? The way you are? Change the way you think. Think God's thoughts. Let God's word input into your mind and change your thinking to change who you are, how you are, how you speak, and your life will be transformed. For as he, she, thinks in his or her heart, so is he, so is she. Anyone heard of John Stott? Yes. Yeah, famous Bible teacher and author. He's no longer with us, but he was a very famous teacher and author. He said this, God's promises of guidance were not given to save us the problem of thinking. God's promises of guidance were not given to save us the problem of thinking. Yes, God guides us. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to think. We're not automatons or robots. God doesn't download his word into us and we robotically do it. We think about it. We reflect upon it. We meditate upon it. So God wants us to be thinking people. Christians should be thinking people. Reflective people. 2 Timothy 2.7 Paul speaking to his son Timothy in the flame. He says... Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. To reflect is to meditate, consider, give serious thought to. Paul tells Timothy, reflect on what I am saying.
Timothy has to reflect on what Paul said. We have to reflect on what Scripture tells us. And in the same way, as we reflect on the Word of God, God will give us insight. What is insight? Insight is a deep understanding, even a revelation. As we reflect on the Word of God, God will give us insight. God is sovereign. God will do what he wants to do. God can give us insights, revelations, when and where he wants to. But sometimes we only get these insights and revelations as we reflect on the word of God. It's essential. Sometimes it's only things that we can understand and appreciate of what God wants to say, what God wants to do in our lives as we reflect and meditate on his word. So don't be lazy. Don't leave it all up to God. Sometimes he wants us to have an input into what he's saying. That's why we have the word of God. If God could download everything into our minds without the word of God, we wouldn't need it. He's given it to us so that we can read it, study and reflect upon it. And as we do that, he will give us insights, revelation and understanding. Insight is given as I reflect on what God says. Let's go back to Psalm 112. The one who is blessed. His delight is in the law of the Lord. The word of God. And on his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. Continuously and consistently. The one who is blessed delights and meditates on God's word day and night that takes commitment doesn't it how often how long do we spend meditating and reflecting on God's word day and night or is it five minutes before we rush out five minutes here five minutes there Let's make it a priority to read, study the Word of God, and reflect upon it. And as we do that, God will change the way we think. You know, our thinking limits who we are and what we can achieve. Our thinking limits the possibilities open to us. Sometimes, have you heard people say, oh, I don't think I can do that? What, what is that thinking based upon? Why don't they think they can do that? Quite often we limit ourselves according to what we think. Quite often if we think we can't do it, we don't do it. We limit our possibilities. Sometimes the limit to what we can achieve is dependent on the limit of what we can conceive. If you think it's possible, quite often it is possible. And if you think it's not possible, quite often 
it's not possible. Our thinking limits the possibilities open to us. God says, with him, all things are possible. There's no limit. God has no limits because his thinking has no limits. We limit ourselves quite often. God says, step forward and do this. We say no. Look at Moses. God sent him to speak to Pharaoh. Moses said, no, I can't speak very well. I don't think I can do it. Jeremiah said, oh no, no, I can't be a prophet. I'm far too young. Send somebody else. They limited themselves by how they thought of themselves. Same with Gideon. God called him a mighty man of valour. Gideon thought of himself as a coward. He was hiding away. His thoughts limited who he thought he was. Quite often, our thinking about ourselves limit who we are. God has great potential in us and great possibilities for us. But if we limit our thinking, those possibilities are not open to us. So today, let's expand our thinking. Let's think God's thoughts. Let's think in the way God thinks and see what God is calling us to, both to do and to be. Let's expand what we think today. Are you committed to God's word? To the reading of it? To the study of it? And then to give time to reflect upon it? If you are committed to God's word, it has the power, the ability to transform your thinking and also to transform your living. So today we want to be transformed people. We want our thinking to be transformed. We want our living to be transformed. Are you up for that? Are you open for that? I hope you are. Because God wants us to change our mindset, how we see the world, how we think of each other. We treat people according to how we think of them, don't we? If I think well of you, I treat you well. If I don't think much of you, I don't treat you very well. We think, so we do. If I don't think I can do it, I don't attempt to do it. It's important what you think and how you think. So God wants to transform your thinking today. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So why does it say the heart and not the mind? It says, as he thinks in his heart. That's interesting, isn't it? Don't we think with our minds? What is the heart? The heart is the centre of my being. The heart is who I am. It's the essential me. It's who I am. It's what is my will and my determination. It's how I decide. That's what my heart does. We say it's something is at the heart of the matter, don't we? That means it's central to that thing. 
So my heart is central to who I am. It's the part of me that decides, that determines. And God says, I think in my heart. All the issues of life emanate, proceed from the heart. That's what Proverbs 4.23 tells us. It says, keep your heart, I'm reading from the King James Version, keep your heart with all diligence. That's careful attention. For out of it are the issues of life. All the issues of life, all my decisions, come from the heart. So the writer says, keep your heart. Pay careful attention to what you think and who you are. Because according to your heart, according to your thinking, so you will be. It's important, isn't it? How you think and what you think. Because how you think and what you think determines your life. It's a matter of life and death. How you think and what you think. Matthew 12, 34. For out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart... The mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. So out of the heart comes good, comes evil. That's why God wants to change our hearts. As he changes our hearts, he changes who we are. Jesus says, good things come from the heart, evil comes from the heart. So as our hearts are, so are we. My thoughts proceed from my heart. My heart determines how I think and what I think. My thoughts are a manifestation of who I am. If you want to know who I am, all you have to do is reveal my thoughts. If you can see my thoughts, you see who I am. If I could place all of my thoughts along the back wall here, you would see the sort of person I am. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? If all my thoughts were displayed here, would I be happy? <laughs> would they all stand the scrutiny of everyone. Interesting, isn't it? But my thoughts reflect who I am. In my thinking, it reveals the sort of person I am. Interesting. <laughs> Would you be happy for your thoughts to be revealed? If you want to know who I am, Reveal my thoughts, and you'll see the sort of person I am. I am the sum total of what I think. I am who I am because of what I think. And obviously this relates to the Word of God. I'm not talking about mind over matter. 
or the power of positive thought. I'm talking about how I think about God and his word. That makes me who I am. How I consider what God says determines who I am. If I receive what God says, it changes who I am. If I reject what God says, that also changes who I am. The sort of person I am is determined by what I think about what God says. If I think what God said is right for me, so I will do that and be that person. If I think what God says doesn't really apply to me, I don't have to pay any attention to it, that also determines who I am. As I think, so I will be. I am who I am because of what I think. I am the sum total of what I think. So, are you thinking about it? It gives, if it's, is it giving you pause for thought? Let's reflect on what we're hearing today. Because God wants to change our thinking. And as he changes our thinking, he will change who we are. He will change our living. Finally, brothers, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. So you see it's important, of the greatest importance, how we think and what we think. So today, allow God to change the way you think and how you think so that he might transform the person that you are for his honour and for his glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll bring that to Hallelujah. I believe that.